1: the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: Hello, and welcome back to the Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover,
0: and me, a very giddy Christian Hugh Gill. And I am giddy because we are back where it all began.
2: Are oh, you feeling a bit emotional, Christian?
0: Uh, not emotional. I would say warmly sentimental is uh, what I would say.
2: Yeah, we're back at Silverstone, a year to the day since we started pointing microphones at cars and in drivers' faces. What a year it has been. We've been all over the world, meeting up with drivers, their teams, catching up with fans at races, giving you all behind the scenes action to take you inside this weird, mad, ridiculous world of Formula One.
0: I'm not sure this time last year I'd have believed you if you'd said we've been all over the world, but it's literally true. Absolutely (laughs) unbelievable. Genuinely hard to believe some of the stupid stuff we've got up (laughs) So, Lewis Hamilton, thanks for coming on a podcast. I'd love to. Do you like our name? Yes, I love it. Fast and I love it. <laughs> <Yeah, great. laughs>
2: Max, do you ever get bored of winning? Is that possible?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I never get bored of winning. That uh, for sure not. Lando Norris, welcome back hello, to Fast hello. and the Curious. Thank you very much. How do you find Miami? I think it's a good place. It's, uh, it's packed with celebs and
3: superstars, and uh, I did some filming with Vin Diesel, some of the Fast and the Furious guys. So Fast and the Furious? The Fast and the Furious. We'll have to have a word with but them. You about should that probably name.
0: try Sue them or something. Yeah, yeah I will. Th- yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that. Hey,
2: everybody! Hello, oh, Silverstone!
0: Wow. People showed up.
4: So, this is the Fast and the Curious podcast live on the main stage at Silverstone.
0: It's race
5: day!
4: There's one more thing, Toto. When we were brainstorming ideas for the podcast, oh, God. One of the features we came up with was going to be called what's the time toto wolf
0: do you get what he means but no no right what okay
4: okay well can i just ask the question then what's the time toto wolf it's four i think thank you
0: dun, 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 dun.
4: welcome to the fast and the curious
0: <laughs> that is the
5: high bit Wow. Sub <laughs> <ready>, everybody!
0: My <laughs> friend!
2: <laughs> Christian, fancy doing it all over again?
0: Do you know what? A year's a nice random, but I'm going to say no. I think we've had a nice time. I think let's quit where we're now. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, you go back all to right. Milton Keynes Station then. I'll, I'll go talk to Cheers Toto then. Wolf on my own. He's literally walked away from me. All Christian, Christian <laughs> can you come back, please?
0: Oh, all right, you've twisted me arm. We'll stay. <laughs> stay even though it is a bit chilly
2: you actually can't leave because we've got so much exciting stuff going on today and it would be very rude to be honest if you just walked uh, walked off we are in the international paddock at Silverstone it's where the main straight is for the British Grand Prix and it is very very different today than what it was like in July mainly mainly the weather but also it's so quiet
0: yeah it, it, it is it's where it's the paddock you know it's where you see all the TV presenters stood over the Grand Prix weekend but there's only one team here that's Mercedes, uh, but it's very early in the morning, hence no Greg James with us. It still does look a bit like British Grand Prix because Mercedes have got the big flashy motorhome up, but they're the only team that's here, and it's sort of got that, um, it's a bit Christmas Eve-like, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like just before the season starts proper, so it's sort of a hive of activity. There's the Mercedes lot buzzing round, but no fans Just Mercedes lot.
2: Yeah, so for anyone that's new to the podcast or Formula One in general, welcome, welcome everybody. We came to some of these shakedowns last year and it's where the teams and the drivers have been working away on their new car for the season over the winter break to put it on the track for the first time behind closed doors, get a few laps in privately, see what they make of it. And the most ridiculous thing is is that we're going to go in there behind the scenes and check it out ourselves.
0: I went to Mercedes over the winter to their factory and you see people in the factory on computer screens working on one tiny individual little part that goes onto another part that goes onto a bigger part that forms part of a side pod. <laughs> and all of these people now get to see how their part is performing on track for the first time. It's a huge year for them. It's a huge year for the Mercedes team as they try and claw the gap back to Red Bull. But of course what a difference a year makes because we're now going into what is, I mean, who—who whoever thought we'd say this. So Lewis Hamilton's last year at Mercedes and there will be such a determination from everyone here to go out on a high for Lewis's last year.
2: You're just itching to get in there, aren't you?
0: I want to go and talk to some people about Formula One.
2: I can actually hear a car.
0: What is that car? Anyway, we'll find that out and we'll go talk to some lovely Mercedes people, shall we? (laughs)
2: Let's go. Come on then. Christian, we're going to deliver our promise here. You are going to get to speak to a driver. Of course, Toto, Lewis, George are all in there getting ready to launch a car. Just the small matter of launching their car. But we have got a driver, the first driver of the day. It's pretty exciting.
0: It's really exciting. And I'm really excited to talk to this driver in particular, Frederick Vesti. Is one of the bright up-and-coming talents in motorsports at the moment. He's one of the people trying to get himself into a Formula 1 drive. Last year, he was Formula 2 runner-up. He's going to be alongside Mick Schumacher as one of the Mercedes reserve drivers this season. And he's still going to be racing himself in his quest to try and get an F1 seat. He's going to be racing in European Le Mans in that series, which is a hugely competitive class of racing, a prestigious class of racing, alongside his work with Mercedes. So I'm excited to talk to him.
2: I'm excited to talk to him as well. So we've pitched up at the back of the garage, Fred Vestie. Welcome to the Fastener Curious. How are you doing today?
4: Very good. It's a bit cold today, but uh, yeah, it's a big day for the team.
2: It's a little bit chilly, isn't it? But you've got layers on, you've told us, so you're okay.
4: Yeah, I'm in the suit and all good.
2: It's like an onion with all his layers. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Like an
0: onion. Welcome to the podcast.
4: (laughs) Thank you very much. Are they warm, the race suits? They don't look warm. I mean, they are pretty warm. You've got like fireproof layers inside as well, so it's quite okay.
2: Look, this is your first Formula 1 shakedown, isn't it? How are you finding it so far?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a big day for the team. Um, Everyone has worked so hard to be here now with a brand new car for this year. Uh, Personally, I've been a lot in the sim, developing uh, with the team, trying to find some, some more pace and seeing how the car can developed throughout the year so that's really exciting.
2: Do you ask um, Lewis and George for advice at all on days like this?
4: Yeah for sure. Um, last year when I drove the car in Mexico and in Abu Dhabi um, I drove Lewis's in Abu Dhabi and George's car in, um, in Mexico and yeah they were really helpful too, to just help me a bit. There is a lot of new things, a lot of systems I need to know. The engine is very complicated as well so just to have that help from from two very good drivers is, is, yeah, helpful for sure.
2: Quite good people to get advice from. Definitely.
0: Could be a lot worse, couldn't it? Fred, a lot of our listeners are new to Formula One, new to the world of motorsport. You obviously had a great season last year. For those that don't know, tell us a little bit about you, where you come from, and your sort of motor racing experience to this point.
4: Yeah, so I'm from Denmark. I'm 22 years old now. I've uh, last year raced in Formula Two. I was fighting for the championship up and until the last lap in Abu Dhabi. Before that I've raced in Formula 3 as well, uh, where I raced against drivers like Oscar Piastri and Logan Sargent, in the same team as them as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, lots of experience in, in and around Formula 1 uh, and the same tracks as, as Formula 1.
2: Do you still talk to them at all?
4: With yeah, for sure. It's uh, Obviously when you're teammates, you, you get a relationship and, and you're just friends in, in a different way, especially with Oscar Piastri. I've had many good experiences, for sure. Well,
0: this is a good opportunity, actually, because they're both regulars on this podcast. They're on quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. Have you got any gossip for us? Anything we should know about them? Because obviously they put their best foot forward, don't they? But we, we, we got a chance for some inside information
2: here. Yeah, g- give us something. Give us something. I think
4: I, I'm practicing still hard to, to beat Oscar in chess because we used to live very close to each other. And, um, and he was uh, very impressive, I have to say. So I think Ooh. I need to have a rematch soon.
2: I did,
0: did not, not know,
2: know. this, he, he, he's never told us about his chess hobby.
0: Oh, this is i think this is great news. I think he's going to be on a, 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 the next episode of the podcast, so we're going to talk to
4: Oscar about chess. This is fantastic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, he's uh, hes quite a high level, so uh, mm. we should do a rematch together, I'm sure.
2: If you come back on the podcast, we'll get Oscar on, and we'll officiate your chess competition. That
0: sounds great. I'm uh, all up for that. we we'll would be the first ever Formula One podcast to, to broadcast live <laughs> chess from the extreme of Formula One to the more chilled vibe <laughs> of a nice game. It must be nice to sit and chill with a game of chess. I get that. Excellent. Um it must be quite an exciting time for you as a reserve driver because obviously there was no changes at all going into this season, but it doesn't look
4: like that will be the case. So it looks like we're going to have a big shuffle. It's kind of frustrating sometimes because it's out of my control. The good thing about racing is that you can control your results. The the effort you put in uh, usually comes back in results. Um, but being not racing now within the Formula One world can be a different role. So from me, from my side it's really about um, Continuing to work really hard with the team, stay focused on my objectives this year uh, and just continue to improve and, and prove to the Formula One world that I'm ready to to get a seat. Yeah, do you have time to enjoy it because obviously you'll have grown up watching motorsport,
0: Formula One's always the pinnacle, these big names like Toto Wolf will have been around since you were a kid yeah. and all of a sudden you're sat chatting with him, you hear at Mercedes checked down, do you get moments to sit and
4: take it in and go this is cool? It's a really good question. I think everyone in this world will realize it's a very fast world. There's only one goal and it's to reach F1 and when you've reached that is to become world champion. Um, and to do that it just takes up so much of your time and you kind of just run goal to goal to goal every single day. I always say like I'm living my dream every single day and I've done since I was 10 years old. And it's partly because of hard work, but I've also met the right people and and it's just gone the right way. So Yes, I do enjoy every single day what I do. And I think that's a, a strength and, and something that everyone should, should do in what they do. Well, Fred, we have loved having you
0: on the Fast and the Curious for your debut. Hope you'll come back and join us again at some point. And we're just so excited to see you progress through even further and carry on doing awesome things. So thank you so much for taking the time today to come on. And good luck for the season and for the, we, we, you know, we're itching to see you get into F1.
4: Yeah, my pleasure. It was nice talking to you. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you again uh, later down the line.
2: Oh, you will. We're going to follow you now. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> we didn't mean
4: that to come across slightly stalkerish as it did. You
0: know, we'll give you some space, you know. Yeah, a little that's bit of space. Perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fred's gone. We're like a a revolving platform here where we're just bringing people in, because the next driver coming in to talk to us is the other reserve driver for Mercedes. Yes,
0: so cool to talk to Fred. Lovely to get a a new young driver on the podcast. And now it's time to get Mick Schumacher on, who we've been chasing for such a long time. Really excited to speak to Mick. He's got so many fans in Formula One, so many people keen to see him back in the sport as well, and obviously such an important part of this Mercedes team. And he is on his way over to us as we speak. Let's bring in Mick Schumacher.
2: Vic, thank you so much for talking to us. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Very well. We're a little cold, but that's Silverstone at this time of year, isn't it? It's mm. inevitable. Mick, you're one of our most requested drivers on the Fast and the Curious. This podcast has been running for a year now, and in terms of the drivers we've not yet had on, our DMs have had a lot of Mick Schumacher fans in them, so welcome. <laughs> People have been very excited for you to be here.
5: Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be on it. Obviously, we're cold as, as you guys, but uh, not ready to uh, jump into it and...
2: Mick, Let's Mick, I'm sorry. Racing. You cannot say that you are cold when you are wearing what looks like a white sleeping bag.
5: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is a white sleeping bag, but the air still comes from the bottom into it somehow.
0: <laughs> Betty's got on her jacket like a dressing gown-style rope thing. If you'd like to borrow that, it might clash with the colour, but I'm sure Betty wouldn't mind, would you?
2: I can, yeah, I can give you my, I can give you my dressing gown-style rope thing if you want it, Mick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll stay, Just I'll stay with the white down. Keep it in mind. If you change your mind later, we're don't worry, we're here. Um, Mick, very exciting day. We can hear, well, tell you what, this is your expert advice. Yeah, what can we hear? What can we hear?
5: The engine of the the Formula One car. So it's starting up now, getting warmed up to go out later.
0: Mm. And that's exciting, isn't it?
5: It is, yeah. I think everybody's super, uh, super happy that that we're here and now able to uh, see it fire up for the first time and and go out on track and and see if everything works the way we imagine it. Obviously, we only have a limited amount of kilometres that we're allowed to drive. Um, before going to Bahrain, but uh, I think everybody's really keen on doing that.
2: Talk us through what you do on a day like this. What's your role?
5: Um, be present. Uh, I mean, obviously, my day-to-day role on a race weekend is in case something happens, I jump into the car and and kind of have to deliver uh, from, well, short notice. But, you know, on a, on a day like this, it's really just about being here, being present, showing uh, that uh, you know we're we're all united in a in team, trying to get the car out together, um, and then just listen to what the drivers say, feedback, and and kind of counter analyze that with what we've had from last year, um, and uh, and take it from there.
2: I love hearing the sound of a Formula One car when I haven't heard it for ages, and you can just hear that. Oh, it just like engulfs you. Do you get that same excitement when you first hear it?
5: Um, I think it's more when I sit in it and drive it. You weren't doing that sound suddenly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that the sound is great, but also, you know, the sound has changed quite a bit. That That is quite different, and I think felt that, that was when I had that feeling, you know, hearing the V8 scream up and uh, driving, for example, my dad's uh, Ferrari in, in Mugello, the 2004 car, which was always a, a dream of mine. <sighs> um, just... Feeling those vibrations, hearing that engine, and
0: it was amazing. (laughs) I, I was in the stands watching your dad race here, and the scream of those engines was unbelievable. That must have been a special thing to have gone and done, and to hear that scream, not just from standing on the side like you'll have done as a kid, but actually being in the car, that must have been a moment and a half.
5: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like... You really still hear the engine then, like nowadays the wind is so dominant and the engine's so far behind you that you actually don't hear the engine wow,
2: much. Wow, really? So that was
5: one of the big things for me coming from Formula 2 into Formula 1, I could never he- hear the engine properly.
2: That's so interesting, yeah. so you don't, you, instead of listening to the engine you're having to sort of like feel the car more. Yeah, right. so
5: essentially you're trying to hear the car uh, less and, and feel the car more, yeah.
2: Oh, did you know that?
0: No, that's a really fascinating insight because it's, we speak to Formula One drivers on this podcast a lot, but, uh, but each of them sort of struggles in their own way to bring that understanding mm. of what it's like to drive. That's a lovely little insight as to what it feels like because you are one of so few human beings on the planet to get that sensation. So any little insight as to what it's like, do you, I suppose there still must be moments as well, where you're like I'm driving a Formula One car, it, uh, d- 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 surely that never goes away or gets old.
5: I mean, it was definitely more last year when uh, you know, obviously I was uh, on the sidelines. You know, before I think I, I didn't really appreciate the fact that I am one of the 20. Yeah. Uh, I would always say like, yeah, you know, it's it's obviously great, but uh, you know, it was always kind of like for me meant to be, and, and now I'm in a position where you know I'm fighting to go to go back to that. So. um you know, I, I definitely uh, look at that and, and think to myself, the dream isn't over, and I, I still have every opportunity to, you know, to prove that
0: I am worthy of Formula One. Well, Mick, it has been a pleasure to have you make your debut on the Fast and the Curious, a huge pleasure. Um, as I say, your fans have demanded it, so hopefully you'll come back on again in the future because, um, frankly, we'd like to keep the fans off our back, frankly. It would be <laughs> oh, lovely to have actually, you back Christian,
2: on. Christian, someone's joining us. So,
6: someone's here.
2: It's one and only. This Toto <laughs> Wolf.
6: He's just. <laughs> he's, one and only.
2: One and only. Well, what, he's just barged into your interview. What what you right? what to say to they it? told
6: me to come in here. I did. I thought <laughs> I'm interrupting you, but they d- gave me a microphone and said, "Just barge in." Welcome back to the Fast and the Curious, Toto.
0: It's lovely to have you back. Unexpectedly, we didn't expect you to come back so quickly, um,
6: Toto. I was. I, I'd rather have a cappuccino than. <laughs> so They told me I need to do this.
2: So how are you today?
6: Cold. The weather that you guys have here over here is really incredible. Uh, there is no other country which has actually horizontal flying rain. <laughs> Scotland has also.
2: It really does hit you in the side of the face, doesn't
6: it? it. Because where we come from, it generally comes vertical. Here with the wind, it comes from the side. I didn't know that. Good insight. Well, th- this have is you not I'm wondered why you're wet on one side and not from the top? Betty's hair has been... That's My hair
2: is an absolute mess right now, to be quite honest okay. with you, Toto. So, you know.
6: Let's talk about, you asked me how we were, actually we're quite happy because it's the launch day. Mm. It's the best day uh, so far after finally the car has been worked on, it's the day everything comes together, the bodywork is being put on the car and it drives.
2: Are you happy with how everything looks?
6: Yeah, but it looks really amazing, but you know, it can have any looks as long as it's fast.
2: Is it fast?
6: Well, I have a crystal ball in here. <laughs> uh, What's your crystal say ball saying, Toto? It, no, it doesn't say me anything. It's it's not good data.
0: <laughs> um, obviously, a very busy winter, an unusual winter uh, for Mercedes. Let's. What determination is there in this camp to to send Lewis out on a high, and to get the team moving? You know, back towards closing the gap and the Red Bulls. There must be a real air of determination, especially with you know, a, a great man like Lewis making his exit. You guys are going to want to end this relationship on a high, surely.
6: Yeah, but it's not only the the relationship um, that is obviously so great over these many years, but it's that we want to get this right. And what we've done is there's many bits on the car, mechanical parts that we've changed, where we believe we had some question marks over performance. So we've done that. Whether we've sorted it, it's not quite clear we're going to see in Bahrain.
2: Just really want you to do it. Please. You
6: know, I was feeling less pressure. Now you're just wading in like this. (laughs) Betty Glover's added the pressure. You know, there's more pressure now. Um, we also want it really bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you do.
6: And as well as this season, Toto,
0: how much do you look at building the future for the team at the moment? Because obviously we've just had Fred Vesti. We've got Mick next year. You know, Mercedes are in this fortunate position where there's, there's young and exciting talents coming through all the time. How much is this season the balance between, obviously, as Betty just said, want, everybody wanting... Mercedes wins again this year. We all want to see that, but also putting the building blocks in place for future. Yeah,
6: I think we are in a, in, on a, in a good moment because we had this super successful spell with Lewis and now we're parting ways at the end of the season. Um, George is the, the, the massive, you know, solid pillar that stands here and is going to step up as a more senior driver. And then we got we to find out what is it we want to do in um, mid to long term um, with, with, with Fred or with Mick or with some of the other potential contenders for the seat. And that's something we're not going to rush into, but properly look and evaluate.
0: And we've got to let Toto go in just a second. Before he does, Mick, while you're here together, what's he like as a boss and a mentor? I'd quite like to have Toto Wolf in my corner. I think oh, I well, really I would. would. Like, I, I can't think of anyone. What's he like? I mean, obviously, he's here, stood next to you. So you're not going to say he's rubbish. Yeah, yeah but no what, pressure. <laughs> what's, what's he like as a boss and a mentor?
5: No, he's amazing. I mean, I think what's, what's really stands out to me is he always, no matter how busy he is on a race weekend, he always finds time. And uh, that's something that I generally really, really appreciate. Um, what else
6: can I say? I think he's really the only... Sometimes I have a feeling that like, I'm not here enough for you, you know, it's been busy the last 10 days. Yeah, I mean like... But you know <laughs> That, that <laughs> I know. Uh,
5: but um, no, I mean, uh, also I think he's the only, well, team principal and, and boss who would actually get into a car and drive himself. And I think that that says a lot. Oh, so
0: you've still got your feet on the ground, not, not leaning into celebrity or anything like that? Oh, this, For me,
6: that's the last thing. Um, I admire people that are good in what they do, um, and uh, and I'm curious to, to to understand why that is, why someone an outperformer, or why has someone uh, got a great personality, character traits that I, I admire, but this whole celebrity for being a celebrity, I'm trying to you know to stay away. Uh, I'd rather deal with. You Real seem people.
0: Very dance worth of feet on the ground. You're being dragged away by your team. You're being yeah. very. Keenied. You're Easy a busy man. In I think in the car man. is driving actually now.
6: So oh,
2: is it? well, you better go. You <laughs> the best thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let I us could. know what you think about it. Though. I will let yeah. you know. I will let you know. Let us know, Toto. Thank you so much for joining us on the Fastly Curious. <laughs> Toto,
6: you're Toto. a legend. Thank you so much. <laughs> Love having you here. Enjoy Mick. your
2: cappuccino as well.
6: Yeah, you Thanks, took the cappuccino time away from me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. <laughs>
0: Bye.
2: Mick, Toto,
6: thank
0: you so much.
2: Thank you so much. See you later.
0: So, as Toto said, we are now being led from just outside where we were doing the interviews. We're now in the back of the garage. Betty, you've just mentioned the smell.
2: Oh, okay. So, we we walked through here and you immediately just get hit by the smell of... I don't know, tyres, metal? <laughs> what is this, that exhaust? What is this that I can smell?
0: It's <laughs> definitely exhausty, metal, metallic fumes. And we can now, for the first time, see in front of us, there's George Russell straight ahead with his earpiece in, looking at the car. I'm in the way, so I'm going to move.
2: Christian, if you just come this way, we're being ushered. There are people slightly
0: away. looking at the car for the first time, which looks beautiful and slick and carbon and black. And this is the moment where, as we go up onto the pit wall at Silverstone, with some very excited-looking people watching. Hi, everyone. <laughs> there <they> are. <laughs> uh, we're going to see the car go out for the first time, being driven by Lewis, because George was stood looking at it. It's all very exciting, isn't it?
4: Yeah, just a bit. Hey, Bradley. Oh, nice.
2: it's Bradley.
3: So How friend, are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Nice to see yeah, you. It's our yeah, friend it's nice. Bradley Lord back on the podcast. Bradley, this is a big moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's always really exciting, isn't it? Because it's the first lap and um, hopefully it doesn't stall and it comes out of the carriage all right. Oh no,
2: can you imagine? Um, we got a bit of a glimpse of the car. It looks very nice.
3: Yeah, it's kind of got silver bits and uh, black bits and stars and red bits and green bits. It's, it does look good. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be fast? <laughs> oh, we really hope so. Yeah. Um, we think we made progress. We just don't know how much everyone else has made and whether it will be enough. So we'll start finding that out next week well, rather we, than today.
0: We were just saying to... Toto that as much as we're all respectful of Red Bull and as much as we try and stay relatively impartial, we all hope so too. You know, we all want to see Mercedes oh, win so Grand much. Prix again be back at the front battling. It feels like it's right, it feels like it's where you belong.
3: Well, yeah, I think we try not to think of it that way because if you oh, think if you we guys think do. we belong there that's gonna be a problem. But look we wanna be in that battle. We wanna be closer to Red Bull and in that battle with Ferrari, with McLaren, with Aston Martin. Um, and you know how epic would that be if you had four or five teams fighting for race wins this year? That would be a real thriller of a season be for a fun. lot of fun. It'd be absolutely massive. And obviously, you know, we're also we want to make this a, a great season for George and a great last one with the team for Lewis. When we last spoke, that wasn't on the horizon at, at no. all. No. So.
2: Well, th- that must be such a driving force for you guys to just send Lewis off on a high.
3: Yeah, I think. I mean, he's super motivated. He's focused like almost never before to make this you know have this this beautiful story finish in the right way and I think you know whatever follows in the future Lewis will remain the most successful driver in Mercedes history for many many years to come and um, yeah we all hope that we can write a really cool final chapter to the story and
0: as chief communications officer at uh, Mercedes quiet winter yeah, quite chilled, actually.
3: Oh <laughs> you know, just been, yeah, sort of nine till four and um, kicking back. <laughs>
2: By <laughs> the way, you need to apologise to Toto for us because he's annoyed because we took his cappuccino time away from him.
3: Okay, I'll pass on the You apologies. don't seem that bothered. It's okay. Was he on time?
0: Early, if anything. We were Ooh. still in the middle of interviewing Mick and he... It was a massive surprise, a lovely surprise.
3: He's, in that case, taken the cappuccino time away from himself, though, if he's turned up early when he could have been a bit later.
0: Bradley, thank you for having us here again today. Thank you for having a little chat to us as well. We're going to go to the front of this uh, metal gate now. Thank you, Bradley.
3: Thank you. See you later.
2: Thank you. Enjoy.
0: You too. Um, We're going to see the car for the first time.
2: Christian, they've just moved the screens out of the way. We can see the front of the car. What do you think? What are your initial thoughts?
0: I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, a bit more silver on it than last year as well. Even in this era of um, black, of black, we've got a silver front. It's interesting that both Ferrari and Mercedes have changed the shape of their front wing, of their noses on the car. And what that says to you is that they're both trying to close the gap to Red Bull, and they're both mixing up the design. It shows you that they're trying to um, change things around
2: we're just it's just sat in there you can hear the noise they're getting ready to send it out they're taking the tire covers off
0: And by the way what a moment this is for Lewis Hamilton the cars being fired up the blankets are about to come off as Betty's just said and Lewis in his mind knows that this is the last ever time he will drive a Mercedes Formula One car for the first time
2: But we're also stood here, surrounded by Mercedes staff, who also know this is the last time they're going to see Lewis Hamilton doing this. So here we go.
0: And Lewis goes past us. Listen to that sound. And you notice, even as it pulls out the garage, the back end of the car twitches a little bit. He's immediately getting heat into the wet tyres for this damp day at Silverstone. And Lewis Hamilton is taking his final ever Mercedes Challenger, for its first ever run.
2: I just got shivers up my arms when I heard that sound. There was actually nothing like it. I don't know it's not as good as it was back in the day, like Mick Schumacher said, but oh my God, that sound goes right through you.
0: It's still so loud, and it still dominates everything around you. And even though we're stood on concrete pillars with metal gates, like proper sturdy structures, it vibrates everything around you.
2: Okay, so we've just made our way back outside, away from the track. It is still windy. It's still a bit (laughs) drizzly, just so everybody knows. But we are joined by a very special guest who we haven't had on the podcast before. James Allison, Mercedes F1 Technical Director. Welcome on the podcast, James. Um, For those that don't know, including myself, what is it exactly that you do? What is a Technical (laughs) Director?
1: I often get asked that. And... um And when I start to describe it, it just sounds like I've got the world's most boring job. (laughs) So it's never possible really to convey with a description of my responsibilities how much fun my job is. Because my responsibilities are to make sure the car is legal, follows all the rules, make sure it's quick. Uh, make sure it's reliable make sure we don't hurt anybody uh, and to make sure that all the money we spend on developing the car is spent wisely and that we organize ourselves properly and that just sounds like any boring manager guy type job. Sounds like a
2: big job James. Yeah
1: but the the reality of it is we get to play with cars, um, get to have fun, uh, work with a bunch of other people who like making shiny cars go quick (laughs) and, and just have all the thrill and challenge of what is a ridiculously competitive environment, but one where there's a lot more laughing than there is shouting. Well, that's
0: good. And so we, like, we like to say that on this podcast, don't we? Yeah. There's more laughing than there is shouting. We <laughs> yeah. just, just about manage it. <laughs> just about. I've almost, well, no, no, I've not, there's no almost about it. I've got more admiration and respect for people like James than I do the drivers because I'm the least technical man in the world. So I can't fathom your guys' brains to be across all the technical details when you walk through the factories and see the tiny little details. You guys must be incredibly intelligent to stay across so much technical stuff.
1: I'm not sure that there's any remarkable intelligence involved. It's just... um, I disagree. There must be. We find... We find fun stuff that other people would <laughs> would find dull, you know, we, we enjoy being really anally retentive about really small details. And there's a lot of us. So when, when you look at a Formula One team, you can see there is a massive amount of detail and it's quite easy to be intimidated by that or overwhelmed by it because you think, how could anyone have their head round it? Truth is, no one has got their head round it. All of us have a certain amount of competence, but working together, (laughs) we end up collectively covering all the ground necessary to be able to do something as rich and varied as take a car around all the circuits each year and and do a decent job of that. But absolutely nobody has a top to bottom understanding of the car. And it's only when you work together as a group that, that you're able to do it. Never
0: thought of it like that, that even people like yourself don't know what certain bits does, but there's other people that do. It's such a fascinating sport,
1: isn't it? Well I I've liked it um I used to play rugby at school a little bit. I was dreadful at it. But I liked rugby because there was the sort of position on the pitch for all shapes and sizes. What position were you? I was a second row. A, oh, a lousy okay. one, but a second row. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and, and a Formula One team's like that, but massively more so. Any personality type and any skill, there would be a role in a Formula One team that that person would slot into and feel at home. Because it is a sport that asks an enormous amount of the team in total. And you need a very wide range of types of people. To be able to make the team function.
2: What's this winter break been like for you? Then I imagine break. <laughs> <laughs> not so much a Did winter break. Did you get break. so
0: much of a nap at any point? Was there was there a day off?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's a funny thing working in the sport because everyone asks you, "Oh, you must be, you know, be able to kick back now the season's over." And the busiest time by far in the factory is November through to Easter and, and the, the, the concept of a sort of winter break doesn't exist. Um, it's it's when, uh, when everything is coming together for this new car, hundreds hundreds and thousands of pieces having to be uh, conceived, designed, made, tested, bolted together, and, uh, and then all culminating in today where, you know, the thing gets, gets put on a track. I mean, I, it was only together as a car, the very first time last night you know that's wow. that's how late it happens and and the uh the the tsunami of activity in the factory to to deal with that is is breathtaking
0: even for someone like yourself who's been around the sport many years and achieved such amazing things on days like today is there still the nervousness of will it drive as you say because this is this is still motorsport it's still like the equivalent of back of a van at smaller circuits like there's still the element of we've stuck it all together will it go or are you very relaxed at this point no
1: definitely not relaxed you you uh, you're you're full of hope full of anticipation because there's there's so many thousands of things that could go horribly wrong uh in terms of us not getting the bits together in terms of us making them not strong enough um, not being the right shape to create the lap time that we're hoping for you know that that is that's a Big old list of things that are stressful, and uh, and so I tend to sort of smile my way through the days, and then, <laughs> and then and then sleep poorly at night. You guys
0: must still love it because you know you guys give up so much of your lives to go travelling around the world to be on cold Silverstone mornings like this. How much do you love being a part of this team?
1: I think that anyone who has been in this sport for any length of time, if they don't feel fortunate, then then they want a good slap because it's it's just <laughs> what a quote it's you know i compare myself to my brothers and sisters sometimes and see the the slightly more regular working lives they've picked and they don't get the fun that we get and they don't have above all else they don't have this amazingly clear thing which is we know exactly what we're here for we're here to design a car that's quicker than anyone else's and to win a championship with it. And most jobs are more blurry than that. You know, mm. whether you're maximising profits or looking after shareholders or, 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 customers, you just don't know. Whereas in this, it's really clear. And you've that got tends, your aim. Yeah, and that tends to, it tends to make everyone band together. It means you don't really have internal fighting because you've all got that one thing you're you're seeking. And and I really like the tribal fellowship that that brings and, yes. and just brings with it a joy in work that not everyone is lucky enough to have. And togetherness.
2: Just finally, on that big aim are you confident? Can you No, do I it?
1: think you'd have to be psychotic to be confident without the evidence <laughs> of having <laughs> run up against the other teams. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we set out an ambitious programme for our car. I'm happy that all the things we think we've made improvements on that that we've measured improvements in virtually in on rigs. Uh, I will only actually rest easy when we've run it against others and found out in anger whether that's come true.
0: We don't think you're psychotic at Mercedes. We think you're all brilliant. and so we hope that you guys can have a great season with George, send Lewis out on a high, and we honestly wish you all the, all the best this and season.
2: The biggest thing, I just hope that you get a good night's sleep soon.
0: Yes. Well,
1: uh, me too, that'd be nice. <laughs> <worse. laughs>
0: James, thanks so much for being on The Passing the Cure. really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much.
0: How brilliant to speak to James Allison. Betty, I do have one worry. Oh, go on. The fact that people in Formula One are saying they haven't had any sleep before pre-season testing (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's not, looking, it's not looking good for James, is it? <laughs> it's, it's I, I felt like saying, mate, it's only going to get worse. The season hasn't even started. Shall we
0: interview James at the Vegas Grand Prix, where the man will just be a walking zombie, be like, I've not slept since February.
2: But you know when people haven't slept very well, but they sort of like just stand there smiling and like sort of laughing at themselves. That's what he was doing the whole interview. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> like yeah. he was just a bit like hysterical.
0: He, he'd gone lack of sleep delirium. Yeah. At Shakedown Day. (laughs) At
2: Shakedown. By the way, you might be able to hear that we are currently in the car because we are driving to the other side of Silverstone. We'll explain that in a moment. But Mercedes, Christian, it was a nice little day, wasn't
0: it? It was a lovely day, really lovely atmosphere. And easy to say at this stage because it's very, very early doors. But there did seem, I would say, a relaxed positivity. It seems that they think they've made improvements it's always at this point the big hope is that the others haven't made more of an improvement but mercedes definitely feel i think they're on to something there was definitely some positivity from camp mercedes today which i enjoyed
2: mick by the way yes what what a legend and how blue are his eyes
0: eyes are so blue so blue betty you so actually blue. said uh, earlier that you thought you could dive into his eyes
2: <laughs> sounds a bit weird now, they, no have they're that blue
0: sounds a bit yeah you know, when you say it back honestly we've had such a good day with the guys we're all hoping to see an upturn in Mercedes fortunes this year and as Betty said we're currently driving across the Silverstone Circuit in producer Jimmy's Nissan Qashqai because we're going to speak to our wonderful friends at McLaren and that is what's coming up on the next episode of The Fast and the Curious who will we be speaking to Betty Glover
2: well, we're going to be speaking to Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, as well as the big boss, Zach Brown.
0: Excited to have Zach back on the podcast. He's not been on for a while. And, of course, two of our absolute favourites in Lando and Oscar. Please let us know what you thought of this Mercedes Shakedown episode. For me, Betty. For me, Christian Hugill. <laughs> right. Keep that in, Jimmy. All right. I, I am not Betty Glover. For me, Christian Hugill.
2: You Hugel, wish. You wish, babes.
0: Yeah, because that would be a relaxing way to live your life, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> for me, Christian Hugill... I'm Betty Glover. <laughs> bye bye now.
2: Bye.